You know what? Instead, uh, uh, let's um, start with verse 12. If I have told you earthly things, Jesus was saying these words, and you don't believe him, how are you going to believe if I tell you about heavenly things? (laughs) And no man has ascended up to heaven except him that came down from heaven. Even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but should have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever Believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know what? See, and that everlasting life starts the second that you're born again. You have everlasting life then. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He didn't come to condemn. So if God didn't send his son to condemn, should we condemn people? He that believes in him is not condemned. But he he that believes in him is in God is not condemned. But he that believes not is condemned already because he did not believe in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Let's keep going. And this is the condemnation that light came into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that does evil hates the light. Yikes. Just think what this is saying. Neither come, they don't want to come to the light. Lest his deeds should be reproved. You know, on Sunday we were getting a little deeper into things. Because we were talking about the hungry in in their heart. As someone who pants for the water. And after a while I could see, and I hate to say this, not not if, but but you can you can start to see, and I've heard that a spirit will actually come and start going like this because you see their eyes going. Or either that or they're not, don't understand. I've heard a lot of preachers say that, and I've, I see it. You can see it when you're standing here <laughs> after a while. And I don't, I don't mean to say that in a bad way, but we have to stir our own hearts up in hunger. And make this whole gospel be first place. Because it's so important right now. See, everyone that does hates the light 
and neither comes. And see, I'll be honest with you, that's why um, I found something in my, um, in all, <laughs> I have tubs of sermons and tubs of information, tubs. And I went into the closet yesterday because I wanted to dig up what I had on the Holy Ghost because we're going to start talking about the Holy Ghost more and, and just get, really get into that even in the Bible study. And um, uh, I found something. And I actually think it's in here. Wait a minute. I think I put it in here. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, maybe I should save this for some. Not every, one, every congregation will cooperate with deeper things of the Spirit. But those who hunger and thirst for it shall be filled. And that's why churches haven't grown to the size pastors would like. My plan is that they will flow with deeper things of God. But it's difficult to move a larger number of people into a deeper flow so I've brought those who want to move further into deeper things of the Spirit to these churches. You know, many do not want to go further. I, I don't even know I didn't put where I got this from. It's a prophecy. I know it is. So don't be so interested in numbers, but into moving people into a deeper place in God. But no, it can't be done overnight. Congregations can accomplish more in a deeper place in the spirit. Like the 12 apostles did. If it weren't for them. And then one of them even was betrayed Jesus. You can grow in numbers, but may diminish in spiritual impact. Growth in numbers is not always enlargement. Depth of spirit is enlargement. Some have promoted numerical growth at the sacrifice of spiritual growth. And those who count numbers as success have no vision for the depth of the spirit. Man does not see as God sees. Man who measures numbers are bound to the natural realm instead of the spirit realm. And they will never move into the depth of the move of the spirit. Keep your focus on the spirit realm and don't be distracted by the natural realm of counting numbers. The natural realm of counting numbers have tripped up so many of those I have anointed, says the Lord. They were so absorbed with counting numbers in the natural realm that they have missed the steps I gave them that would have led them further into the things of the spirit. The spirit realm of God is where all the answers originate from. Those who are tripped up in the natural have never made strides in the spirit realm where their answers lie. Those sheep who need answers in the spirit realm for their health in other areas will never receive it in churches that are tripped up by natural realm and counting numbers. So you just be occupied with the things of the spirit and leave the natural behind. Don't stay back with those in the realm of failure, which is the natural realm. You keep moving higher and forward in the realm of the spirit, which has my answers. Amen. I wish I had a poor. And I, 
you know, uh, yeah, so anyway. Now, if you don't understand and believe Jesus Christ shed your blood for the sins and was raised from the dead so you could be born again, his death doesn't do you any good. Oh, I believe that. Yeah, but are you applying it? When you believe something, you eat it, you work it, you apply it in your life. Do you know what? See, and likewise, if you don't understand Jesus bore the stripes on his back for your physical healing, and his broken body won't do any good. They, he was beaten for nothing. See, and it boils down to what you understand. See, faith cannot operate where the will of God isn't known. Faith is believing God, agreeing with God. And the, neither can the will of God be known on a subject if you have no knowledge of it. But see, sometimes we have knowledge of it and we're just... But see, if something spectacular is on TV, we're woo. You know what I mean? I just see that more and more as I've grown older. Uh, see, Jesus gave people healing before he ever went to the cross. And he bore those stripes on his back before he went to the cross. Isaiah saw it hundreds of years before Jesus came to the earth. But folks, it, it really was uh, Isaiah... I, when Isaiah saw it, uh, I, there were hundreds of years past then, and then Jesus came to the earth. However, you know when, when he did it? Before the foundations of the world. He died on the cross before the foundations of the world, before he created it. Oh. See, at the cross, and people say, well, how come if he knew that, why did he do it? He wanted a family. But he also didn't want robots. He wanted people with a free will. Don't you, want, don't you want your husband or wife or your girlfriend or boyfriend or your children to like you just for what you are and not force? You see, do you see what I mean? That's the way he wanted. He wanted us to just love him for who he is. See, and at the cross... Healing was provided as, as part of the redemption. Now, just when I say redemption, I like to say he rescued us. He bought us back. See, Jesus proved redemption beforehand by giving people part of the promissory note. To, you know, a promissory note. Okay, now, how, how was that? So he walked on the earth, all right? He hadn't gone to the cross yet actually, in the view of the world, yeah. right? Yeah. So every time he forgave people of their sins, he was saying, I'll pay for it later. Right? He walked on the earth. He was healing all these people, forgiving them of sins. Every time he healed the multitude, he was saying, I'll pay for it later. Promissory note. Do you know? He hadn't gone there yet. In their eyes, anyway. And Jesus, Jesus knew those sicknesses and disease would be on his back in a short time. So he didn't turn anyone down. So actually, let's, let's even go. He healed all. 
Remember when he walked the earth, he healed them all. But here, Isaiah 53, we will say this, Isaiah 53, 3 through 5. It says, he was despised and rejected of men. Now, this is where he was a man of sorrow <laughs> and acquainted with grief. And see, that doesn't even say it right. The Jewish Bible, you know how many times I brought that Jewish Bible here and said that, and they argued about this because they, okay, they would get together with a whole bunch of pastors and fivefold ministry and have, this was way back, and have these, these discussions that how should they put this in the Bible. <laughs> so, the, so they called sorrows, pain, and grief, sickness. But they put it that way. Yeah. I mean, you don't get, do you get anything like, it's supposed to be he despised and rejected a man. A man of pain and acquainted with sickness. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Now, these are big people <laughs> that get together. I'm not saying that conventions. Many of the spirit-filled, and Keith Moore, I learned this from Keith Moore, they left. They left that whole, when, when they would have these discussions, they would have big uh, conventions or whatever so they could have Bibles pro be proper and stuff like that. And they got so upset because there was a big argument whether Jesus really did take our sicknesses. Isn't that something? And our pain. Big arguments. And uh, Keith Moore said that a lot of them left. Now, this occurred way, 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 way back. And um, see, that's why they wrote the King James this way. And, and we hid as it were. Okay, go to the next verse. Surely, absolutely, guaranteed, he has borne our griefs. <laughs> he bore and carried our sorrow. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Next verse. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Our transgressions are the sins that we commit, you know, maybe day to day, little things that we need maybe to repent for. He was bruised for our iniquities. Those, those are biggies. Those could be generational curses. And try to come down the line alcoholics, uh, you know, people who steal, uh, just that whole thing can come down the line to relatives. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And see, he was chastised for our peace. I say this a lot. Lord, when I'm not in peace, or like I'm kind of, and I know I'm getting, <laughs> you know, uh, like that flustered, yeah, and um, I'll say, no, the chastisement of, of my peace was upon you, Lord. In fact, then it says in John, I inherited your peace. 
because you live in me. I have, I inherited your peace and I'm not going to put up with this. But see, then you might have to look at your life and say, what is causing this? Whatever it is, quit it. <laughs> okay, we were looking for a house. And then we were being pressured in our other house to put it up for sale. Because that was a dual aid, you know, agent. And I'm not saying there's any, but, you know, and it, it was too much pressure. And I thought, I don't care how much I want a house. It's not worth it, God. You're more important. Because I could feel it. I could feel weird, almost like... Like maybe, I, you know, the blood pressure could have been going up. And I thought, that's it. And my grandson, John, he talked to him for an hour and called him nine times or two hours. <laughs> I thought he could be a real estate agent after that. But did it in a kind, very, very, very communicating, uh, proper, honorable way. Yes, sir. They both respected each other very, very much and broke the contract. And, you know, it was okay, though. You know, it was okay. And um, that was okay because God, God will, God will show you. Yeah. You know what? God will show, I know, God will show you. Don't, don't, if that was causing the stress, that was causing me lack of peace. If something's causing you, knock it off. And it could be that you're so worried about your children, your grandchildren, yeah. or who it is, and you need to knock it off. <laughs> and cast it on to the Lord. In fact, I've even seen, I mean, I've, I've, I've heard the Lord say, you're, I'm, they're chaining my hands. They're even behind my back. I can't do one single thing because they're trying to be God. <laughs> yeah, that's huge. You got to cast the care of it onto God. You're chaining him. He wants to do just use the scriptures and say, "You took my pay. I, I I don't. That's an extra bonus there." <laughs> I tell you what, when when we did when I did that, although I didn't want to do it really, I went, "Oh, it was huge. It was so huge. Oh my gosh." <laughs> Whew. Okay, so anyway, we're talking about this, though. <laughs> okay, so go to Matthew 8, uh, 16 and 17. You know, in all this stuff, we got to take stock, kind of grow up and say, this is real. This is more real than anything we see or hear or feel or taste or touch. Okay, Matthew 8, 16. And when evening was come, they brought unto Jesus many that were possessed of devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word, and I put on there, that's how he did it, with his word, and he healed all that were sick that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took. And the word took means he laid hold of it, he removed it, he extracted it. He took our infirmities. In the Webster, it says weaknesses due to older age 
as you grow older or physical frailties. He took him. And he bare, <laughs> and so I have all this written in my Bible. Let's see, where did I put bear? He, he, um, it, was, it was laid on him. Uh, he took it on himself. He bare our sicknesses. So, uh, and, and he healed all, and he's still doing it. Okay, now, let's go to Mark 1. We're going to read quite a bit, verse 21, and I'm going to skip parts. Um, for the sake of time. Mark 1, verse 21. Way into chapter 2. <laughs> and they went into Capernaum, and straightway on the Sabbath day, Jesus entered into the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his doctrine. And he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. And there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out. And let's see. Now go to verse 25. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold your peace and come out of him. Come and when the unclean spirit had torn him, and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. And they were all amazed and said, what, is, what thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commands he even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And immediately his fame spread abroad throughout all the region round about Galilee. And then they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew, with James and John, but Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever. Amen. Next verse. And he came and he took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her. And she ministered unto them. And at evening when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased, and them that were possessed with devils. Now this could occur again, and you need to be ready. And all the city was gathered together at the door. If we expect this great awakening, this great revival, God's going to need a lot of people. Even the little bit that you have seen that was occurring when some of the band, you know, some of those singers came and then, and they, they were counting on people. Can you go help them? Can you go help them? Can you go lead them to the Lord? See what I mean? You got to know this. And you got to have guts. <laughs> and he healed, verse 34, and he healed many that were sick of divers diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. Shut up, devils. <laughs> Let's go to verse 38. And he said, let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also. For therefore came I forth. In other words, that was the plan of God for him. And he preached and he cast out devils. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him and kneeling down and saying to him, If you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be thou clean. 
Compassion, you know, the Amplified says sympathy. Compassion is lots different than sympathy. Uh, and compassion is a person. Jesus is love. Jesus is peace. Jesus is compassion. But, and as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. And then they sent him away. And verse 44, he said to him, see that you say nothing to any man. Next verse, but he went out and began to publish it, to ablaze abroad the matter so much that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but had to go in desert places, came to him from every quarter. Now notice this, this man's disobedience was a hindrance to Jesus' ministry. But God made a way. It was a hindrance. Okay, and again, let's see. Yeah, verse 2, 1 through 4. And again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noised. It was, they were saying, oh, guess who's here? Guess who's here? Guess Jesus. Jesus is in the house. And straightway, Many were gathered together, insomuch there was no room to receive them, not so much about the door, and he preached the word to them. And they came to him bringing one sick of the palsy, which is, he couldn't, you know, he was paralyzed, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh to him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they broke it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. So... During Jesus' first visit, the whole city gathered at the door of the house where Jesus was staying. Or rather, it, it is, uh, I've heard Kenneth Copeland actually say that was Jesus' house, yeah. that he had a house by the lake. Yeah. He healed the sick and he cast out the devils. But this time, the place filled up again, but with a different crowd in in. Um, and in, in that, you know, right, what we read right before that? Um, well, let's read the rest of this here. This was a different crowd. When Jesus saw their faith, their action, he said to the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and say, reasoning of their hearts, ha, ha, ha. Ooh, we came to catch him, and I think we caught him. Why does this man speak blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, and he said to them, Why reason you these things in your heart? Hey, isn't it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Your sins be forgiven, or to say, Arise, take up your bed and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy, I say, arise, take up your bed, and go your way to your own house. And immediately arose, took up the bed, and they were all amazed, and they glorified God. So this was a, see, this, it, it filled up, but they were religious leaders, and they didn't want healing and miracles, because that, that would make them go with Jesus more than they would come to them. So they were trying to catch Jesus doing something wrong to accuse him, and they were listening but resisting. So the first time Jesus visited 
People came to be healed. The second time, some came to stop the healing because they saw that he could heal, you see? And sometimes doubt and belief can be so strong in a place it's difficult for anyone to receive from God. It can be right in a church. See, God's power was present in the middle of a room packed with people, though. But there was so much unbelief in the room that no one was able to receive healing. But what did Jesus do? He kept teaching. So we got to teach sometimes. We've gone through a long process of teaching here. And now it's time for the Holy Ghost because he said they need teaching. And I, I was like, we got to have the Holy Ghost. You know what I mean? Okay. So he knew someone would hear and receive. And suddenly, four men came through the ceiling carrying a man on a stretcher. And the place was so full of people not being healed <laughs> that the one who wanted healing could even squeeze his way through the door. So, so they, they, they found another way and, uh, into the building, and that was the roof. See, so even, even on, on um, verse 5, and Jesus saw their faith. Faith has action. And it's just even like speaking in tongues. People stand there, and they think the Holy Spirit's going to make them. And he doesn't do that. They have to put action to their tongue. That, that's, that's faith takes action. So, see, you can see the difference between faith and, and hope. See, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the, faith is you, the, you have the substance. But see, it's the things you had the blueprint for. It's like having a blueprint for a house. And then the house is built, and you see it, or whatever. <laughs> okay, so, so four men carried this man. So, so maybe they were healed the first time. Maybe those four men were healed the first time. And so they carried this man to Jesus, and the, bull, the, the building was so, the bull, <laughs> the building was so full of people they couldn't even get in. Now, Hope says... Now, th this is where the difference between being strong in faith for healing, yeah. hope says, well, I tried, yeah. but I couldn't get my friend to Jesus. Let's just go home. Yeah. Yeah. This is too hard. Yeah. Yeah. Hope will go so far and quit. Quitters never win. Winners never quit. Well, I tried, but it didn't work. And then... Hope gives up, and it throws in the towel. See, let's not be that way. But faith won't quit. Faith has tenacity, like, like tenacity, like, like a bulldog with a bone. They say, you know, the jaws of, of bulldogs, and, and I'm sure, um, uh, what do you call it? pit bulls, and... Uh, all those kind, their, their jaws real strong. See, they said, it has tenacity, let's go on the roof. <laughs> and they asked the paralyzed man if it was okay, because 
because they said, let's not quit now. Faith digs in its heels and it stands and it having done all to stand, it stands and stands and stands and stands. Instead of, oh, I don't feel good. So I, I'm sorry, I don't mean, God forgive me. I don't mean to make a mockery, but I'm just going to stay home from church tonight, Wednesday. I tell you what, <laughs> this is not the time to do that in this era that we're in. So, faith stands, and it says, even, and you don't have to put this up, the Second Timothy 1.12, I wrote it out. I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that I'll be able to keep that which I have committed to him against that day. In other words, I'm not moving I know what the word of God says and I'm not going without it and I know healing belongs to me so who cares what I feel like or how it looks. So uh, those four men took the roof apart. They made a big hole. They lowered that man. Just think he was paralyzed. He was probably on a gurney and they had to have ropes and can you imagine, I mean, oh, they used to have gurneys in the hospital. And you'd be like paralyzed people and they would flip them over. And there were times, there was one time I know, uh, that the straps, I've, I heard about it though, were not secure and that man fell to the floor, that person. Now see, that, that had to be a lot of guts that those guys went up to the roof and did that. Woo! So, okay, so... Jesus, Jesus had been teaching, and they, they <laughs> you know, you can be in a service. You guys aren't like that at all, especially on Wednesday nights. And uh, <laughs> you're, you're not. I mean, he, he had been teaching for a long time, and he was like, saw no sparks. <laughs> and now he was finally seeing faith come through the roof. <laughs> he probably got really excited. Woo! At last, somebody's got some faith. <laughs> and when, when Jesus saw the man's faith, their friend was healed. So see, nobody likes tests and trials. And who are they from? The devil. But I, I tell you, the world out there thinks they're from God. <laughs> but see, that's... that's the tests and trials are an atmosphere that faith can thrive in. Ooh, you're not going to do this to me. See, in the middle of a trial, faith has to flex its muscles and grow. And your, your heads may give up trouble during those hard times, but if you're really in faith, you're not going to quit. I'm just going to say it again. Quitters never win. Winners never quit. Okay. So verses 5 through 7 again. When he saw their faith in action, he said, Your sins are forgiven. And there were scribes reasoning in their heart. And they said, Ah, that man speaking blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God only? Now that paralyzed man needed to be healed, but Jesus said to him, instead of you are healed, he said, Your sins are forgiven. It's the same thing. See, that was a problem to the religious leaders. They didn't believe Jesus was God manifested in the flesh. 
So they didn't believe he could forgive sins. But Jesus was proving the point that forgiveness and healing go hand in hand. You know what? We don't even believe it nowadays yet. See, when we receive one, the other belongs to us. That's in verse 8 and 9 again. Okay. And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned, he said, why are you reasoning? Isn't it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, which one's easier? Thy sins be forgiven or say, arise, take up your bed on earth. But you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. So it, it doesn't matter which one I say. If I say get up and walk, that means you are forgiven. Or if I say you are forgiven, that means get up and walk. <laughs> so now know this. The two always go together. So you know what? So maybe healing sometimes doesn't occur because of unforgiveness. But once you have one, the other automatically belongs to you. It's a package deal. Just put up there 1 Peter 2.24. Now, we're all, you can just go look. Who? Jesus in his own self, he bore or bare our sins in his own body on the tree, the cross, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness. See, we, we received his righteousness because he took our sins. By whose stripes you are healed. It's a twofold thing. And by the beatings we're healed. That he took. Yeah. We're both. Yeah. When you're forgiven, it's, it goes both. And see, most people believe now that sins can be forgiven, but we're not healed. But they go together. They go, they go together, and that's so important. See, forgiveness of sins and phys feel, physical healing are a package deal. Yes, they are. <laughs> And like I said, they thought people could heal, but they couldn't forgive sins. So you yourself can forgive others. See, today most people believe Jesus can forgive, but he doesn't heal us. Hey, half those, half the people, especially the non, okay. There's, there's places that do not believe in healing. See, the truth is Jesus could do both during his ministry on earth and he does both today. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he'll never turn anyone down for forgiveness or healing. And some people ask, well, since I'm sick, does that mean I'm not forgiven of my sins? No. If you made Jesus the Lord of your life and received forgiveness of sins, then healing belongs to you whether you believe it or not, or know it or not. Well, then why am I having, see, this is it. You got to walk by faith and not by sight. Why aren't all the people healed then? Why aren't all the people born again? Both have to be received by faith. With both, you've got to believe in the heart 
and say with the mouth. The same way you got born again, the same way you get everything. You get finances, you get, you get healed, you get, you know, all kinds of things. Okay, so verses 9 through 12. Is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, your sins be forgiven, or say, arise, take up your bed and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go your way to your house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, went before them all, and they were all amazed, and he glorified God, saying, we never saw it on this fashion. Well, what, what proof could, could Jesus give those religious lead, leaders that the paralyzed man were forgiven? The proof was verse 11 and 12. He took up his bed and he, and he, he was healed. <laughs> so I'll prove to you I have power to forgive sins. See, you have the power. Even. I'll tell the man to get up and walk, and he'll do it, and he did, and they were shocked. See, they were supposed to be knowledgeable about scriptures in the Old Testament, but they were too caught up in tradition. You can, you can get caught up in works. You can get caught up in religion and a born-again, spirit-filled church. Every time God gave them a, a picture of, of, of the Messiah's crucifixion, two things happened. People were forgiven and people were healed. People were forgiven. People were, you know, another one was the serpent, um, uh, the brass serpent on a pole, the same one you see in uh, doctor's offices, even veterinarians' offices. People were forgiven and healed. They were forgiven and healed. But they had to gaze. Just think how they had to gaze. They had to pant for the Lord as the deer pants for the water. Last Sunday, sermon. Do you see, do you see what I mean by that? It's a total, you, okay, there's snakes biting my feet. And I'm supposed to stare at that, at that serpent on a pole. I'm supposed to stare at him, and if I go, oh, stop it, I'm done. Do you see what I mean? But people get distracted. We get distracted by many things, and we've got to watch that. Be careful of that to get dis the distractions. That, that's such a... Uh, and it doesn't make any difference what the doctor said. It doesn't make any difference the symptoms I have. That's not easy. That's not easy. But we're strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And you know what? And it's easy for us to say it now when we don't feel bad. But if you're uh, half out of it and in pain, you've got to say it. I mean, or, or, you know, go to people and say you're strong in the Lord. In the power of your might, say it over and 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 over. Get some scriptures in you like that. See, okay, so we know forgiveness and healing were always given together in the old covenant, and that assures us for sure it's in the new covenant. 
physical healing automatically belongs to yeah, us yeah. because Hebrews 8.6 is 8.6, yeah, says that we have a better covenant in the New Testament that they had in the Old Testament. We do. So forgiveness of sins in the new birth belongs to everybody. And we've tried to make healing separate. You know, well, you never know what God's going to do. Oh, yes, you do. If you read the word of God, you're going to know what God's going to do. But see, you, now when Jesus went to the cross, he took our sins, he took our iniquity, he took our sicknesses and diseases. And, and that, that whole First uh, Peter 2.24, both of them say it right there. And you are declared righteous because he exchanged your sin and gave you his righteousness. So forgiveness of healing are not two different subjects. Healing is nothing more than the new birth affecting our body. But sin will take a toll on the body. And people say, well, that person lived a tough life. And see, a person's lifestyle, though, can have an adverse effect on their body. It can be what you eat, what you drink, what you put in your mouth, what you hear, what you see, uh, the, the words you speak. Ugh. So see, if sin can have an effect, righteousness can have effect and effect also. So you got to say... Get, see, that's why the word is so important. And the word is so important to get it inside of you. See, righteousness will have an effect. Why hasn't strength and healing and health worked the way to the outer man before now? See, and it all starts in the spirit man. All sicknesses and diseases, it comes from the spirit. So, so you know, maybe... We haven't been thinking or talking in line with God's word. Uh, there could be some unforgiveness in our life. And you need to, you know, repent. You can, that's, that's the whole thing. You can always repent. You don't have to wait till you go to church and tell somebody else. You could just go straight to God. So who, who does God heal? Anyone who's forgiven. And he forgave us all. And who's forgiven anyone who received Jesus as Lord and Savior. So healing belongs to every single believer because forgiveness and healing go hand in hand. But both have got to be received by faith. And that whole faith thing is huge, too. We got to get back and teach that, too. Uh, okay, there's just a little bit more. So when you and I were born again, and you received eternal life, we also received the benefits of eternal life. Health, healing, prosperity, joy, peace, deliverance, and all of God's blessings. And so if you are just as much healed as you are saved, and just as much saved as you are healed. They're a package deal. And if the temptation to sin comes, I'm still saved, but sin is trying to steal it. And I don't have to grasp for my salvation. I am saved, but I 
got to protect my salvation by resisting. And in the same way, symptoms try to come and steal our help, which is part of salvation. And that's where that's a little, seems like a little more like, ooh, because it hurts and, you know, you're not as mm, on the ball. But that's why get prepared in the good times. But see, that doesn't mean you are no longer healed. See, and that's something you, you are healed because you don't walk by what you see or hear or taste or touch or smell. You are healed just like you know that you're saved. Same thing. I don't have to grasp for healing. I am healed. It's just that those symptoms are there. That's when you walk by faith. That's why you got to build up that faith. See, but it's because of what Jesus already did, and I got to resist that which tries to steal it. So you may say, well, I don't feel him. Healing's not a feeling. It's a position. I am healed because of my position in Christ, not because of feelings in my body. And likewise, I'm saved because of my position in Christ, not because I don't feel saved. See, and that one, we believe a lot now, right? I mean, you believed, you're saved. So, see, I'm seated, oh my gosh, and this is so important. I'm seated with him in the heavenly places. And victory can't help but be mine. Because my position, seated in the highest place of the universe at Jesus. Okay, Jesus was seated at God's own right hand, and we're seated with him too. That's so, you have no idea. That is, that's a place of authority over kings, over communism, over everything. Your position demands it. And Jesus, you know, he has done everything he's going to do. And you're healed by faith, just like you're saved by faith. Now, see, remember, himself took, he extracted them. He, he obliterated them. Our infirmities. In it, really, infirmities means Inabilities to produce results, but there also means physical ailments as you, you know, it could be any time though. Children have them too. And he bore away, he transported our sicknesses. And I, I know, I remember Dr. Dufresne, uh, when he first got born again and he was usher and they were serving communion and he said, I just really want to understand communion. And he said, the heavens opened up, the ceiling opened up, and he looked, and he saw Jesus hanging in midair on the cross. And he saw the words, like cancer. He saw the words, and they hit Jesus, and Jesus jerked. And it kept, it kept being all these sicknesses and diseases. He saw their names flying through the air and hitting Jesus like a gun. I mean, that's something to think about. He carried it away. Amen. 
So, you know, and it's, and it's anything. It's, uh, Come on. Any foreign object. Yeah. Anything. anything. You know, pain in your joints, yeah. earaches, constant ringing in your ears. Yeah. That seems to be a thing. I yeah, I know. I encounter it, too. I've learned to, uh, it's, of course, all that junk on Facebook and different places. You know, they say, it's the start of dementia. <laughs> oh, baloney. I mean, that just, don't, don't, you know, get, but, but, I mean, oh, you're going, you're going deaf. And, you know, just, you know what, just. All these things, cancer, diabetes, headaches, arthritis, flu, new strain of, new strain of COVID coming, they say, another pandemic. I hate to tell you. I probably shouldn't even tell you this. You, Michelle, one of, one of the new symptom with it is conjunctivitis, big guy. I just read it right. Bull, oh, just don't pay any attention. There you go. There you go. Laugh about it. Ha 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 ha. Isn't that crazy? I know. I can. Yay! Because that's what you. Oh. Hey, you know what I even put down here? Lumps and tumors and wacky hormones. <laughs> They're all done, so walk by faith and not by sight. And who cares? You know what? I think the devil, because <laughs> she called me. Or she texted me, yeah. <laughs> And she couldn't do so, you know, go to the, the homeless shelter because yeah. she had, <laughs> yeah. And then right after that, I'm looking, and all of a sudden I see this. Actually, I was looking for, like, like Dufresne Ministries or something, and this thing came up about new pandemic and one of the symptoms, a new symptom. And I went, oh, for heaven, if that wasn't the devil. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what we have to do, laugh. Ha, 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 Know who you are in Christ, what he has done for you. You are so powerful. You are like little gods. And it says that you are little gods. You're the children of God. Just like your children are little children of them and your grandchildren. And yeah, they're part of you. I just want to say this, and this is what you all need to know. Proverbs 22. There's a lion outside. There's a lion. I don't know what he... How come he gets the one he's out there? Come on. Right. See, when you, you go after it, it's going to get there. 
But if it's out there, it's going to hurt you. Because that's what the devil works on. 22.13 and 26.13 are easy to remember. Yeah. There's, you know what? He's always... And that's, yeah. When you... When you told me that, I never thought of that scripture that way. Yeah, you're inside, but you're scared of what's going on out there. You know what? Stand in faith. Build up your faith. Build it up like you've never built it up before. doesn't make any difference what you see or what you hear or what, what the diagnosis is, what the symptoms are. God, we are faith people. And that's so huge. So very, very huge. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Uh, yeah, look at that pole. Remember that. Get, keep your gaze on him. Don't get distracted. Uh, don't get distracted. Yeah, there's. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know that whole thing, as the deer pants for the water, it's to such a point where you, you put really and truly Him first, above, above your husband or wife or your children or your grandchildren. And sometimes you may have to cancel something. I am serious. What, what it does, and God will honor you in that because you pant for him. He has to come first in your spirit no matter what. It's just, and, and you come to church. As much as you can, this is, this is the last days. It really is. It truly is the last days. I, I mean, it's, it's so obvious. Sure. Well, see, yeah. 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 Well, and you know what? That just doesn't it grieve you if your family doesn't come. I've been hurt many times. Many times. But see, it grieves our Lord. And that's what we should do. He he does. There's he has he has a personality because we're made like him. And he has the all those things. He cries, Jesus cried when he looked over Jerusalem. You know what? He laughed. He he did he did everything. And that's, that's what the Holy Spirit inside of us, it says, and do not let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but only that which is good to the use of edifying that you may minister grace to the hearers and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, by which you are sealed to the day of redemption. And then it says, let all bitterness and wrath, yeah. and anger, and clamor. evil speaking, yeah. and clamor, yeah. depart from you. Yeah. What does it say in Psalm 34? Let no corruption, it says, that. right, that come, come, children, come to me. It says, 
no corrupt communication. I'm saying the wrong one. Yeah. It's, it's actually in First Peter chapter three, verse ten, also. Yeah. Yeah. Want to live a long life and see many good days. Oh yeah. Keep speaking evil on your lips speak from speaking. Yeah. Yeah, the faith towards against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry and the Lord yeah. hears. And it says he, the Lord draws them a, a broken heart and saying spirit. Somebody that's down, but it says, it says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord, Lord delivers them, them all. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us out of them all if we let him. See, and if you read those psalms and you read them with your heart, he's blessed us and blessed us, but he, he, he won't. And sometimes we're resisting all that and just playing in the world with a, with a lot of things. And that doesn't mean you can't have fun. I'm not talking about that. And you can't, you should laugh <laughs> and be joyful. The joy of the Lord is our strength, not the, don't do that, don't do that. That's a religious spirit and a kick it in the shins. <laughs> yeah, no, but, but get into the Psalms and, and do it with the heart. Do you read the word with your heart? And with the love of God. And it makes a huge difference. Take your time to read it. Amen. Okay, well, we're done. Glory to God. And yes.